Hey, I am Tanisha Tyus. Thank you for joining our episode today of Families with Learning Capabilities. Um, With us entering into the school year, and also it appears that we probably will have yet or be facing another challenge, existing challenge with the COVID cases on the rise. It's a possibility that these kids might be returning home for homeschooling. So with that being said, this is definitely going to be um, a necessary uh, ongoing podcast to really help the parents kind of navigate through, as you guys know or have heard before. The reason that I started to produce this particular podcast was because of my uh, journey with my now nine-year-old Peyton struggling with ADHD and most recently um, diagnosed with dyslexia. And uh, it has been a journey for the past four years. And from what I'm hearing and from what I'm seeing, it's going to be a continual journey. And so with that, I felt like I was the only one that was struggling with children, um, struggling with these learning disabilities. Um, However, opening myself up and my story up, I started to see where there are other parents that were struggling with the same thing um, and felt the same way. So I felt that it was necessary to produce Um, a podcast that would be able to encompass, uh, you know, a variety of people that are experiencing the same journey from parents to uh, relatives, to teachers, to administrators, to child psychologists, anybody that has any experience uh, with children with learning disabilities. I wanted to be able to uh, have a platform, a centralized platform where they could, where parents and anyone who would want to be able to get some information on children with learning disabilities, they can get it here. So that is my purpose and that is my goal. Today, we have some real talk about when we as parents first notice symptoms in the beginning and the beginning of the journey. I have a friend of mine here uh, that will share some experiences of when she first started to become concerned um, or see symptoms perhaps in her child. Uh, her name is Talia Horton. Can we welcome her? Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you, Tanisha, for creating this space for this conversation, inviting me today. Um, yeah, I mean, um, my daughter um, is now 18 years old. Uh, we have been on this journey now since she was in the third grade. So, um, it's a very long, you mentioned it being a long haul. It's yeah. not just, you know, this is her life. This is who she is. Mm-hmm. And as my daughter, um, I, embrace, I embrace every part of it. Gotcha. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the frame of mind I had to get into, you know, mm-hmm. but more so, I wanted her to be comfortable with who she is yeah. and not be conflicted or think that something's wrong with her. Right. And so um, I think it was probably. It was actually, we didn't get her diagnosed to fifth grade, but it was the third grade where I started noticing um, her inability to complete projects, complete um, assignments. Um, Her teacher started saying she was doodling in class. Um, It was hard to get her to move to the next um, activity. Mm -hmm. You know, she would kind of be off in la-la land. 
Um, she wasn't disruptive. She wasn't talking to other students or anything like that, but she would kind of go into her own world. Mm -hmm. And her teacher would say, you know, I called in his name. You know, she didn't even hear me. Um, luckily, she was in an environment where um, I was, I knew the teacher very well. We had a good rapport, good relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and so we tried some things, moved her closer to her desk so she could give her some cues, yep. things like that. I think we let it go on um, just thinking, I don't know, it'll pass, it's a phase, things like that. But by the time she got to the fifth grade, her grades started slipping. So let me ask you this. When she was in third grade and she started to show, you know, this, uh, these symptoms of, you know, she wasn't able to concentrate uh -huh. for too long on, on projects. Did you just think, okay, so you said you just thought it was a phase yes. at that point. Yes. Did it ever dawn on you at that point that maybe there was a challenge? Not at all. Not then. It, okay. It did not at all. I think for me personally, and I've had this conversation with my husband, I'm extroverted. He's extremely introverted. Mm -hmm. So I thought maybe it was just a part of her, just how she, you know, wasn't engaging in school. I never required my daughter to be straight A. Mm -hmm. You know, I try not to be the helicopter mom. Just trying to let her develop into whatever, yeah. you know, was her style. Um, so I kind of didn't want to be too, you know, what's going on with my child? You know, so I kind of just watched. I continued to have conversation with the teacher. I, that was one of the blessings when looking back on the whole situation. Um, I think for anybody in, in this journey, you need to have an educator or someone that is uh, that engaged exactly. or, or cares that much mm -hmm. about your child where you have, I could, I could call her, we could talk, she was sending letters home, mm -hmm. I had good rapport with the principal. You know, I just was able to be... I had a question, they answered it. Right. Um, and the level of concern on their end was almost as much as mine. You know, when they would observe something, they would tell me. Okay. Um, so that was very helpful. But in, at, in, in the end, it was me saying, okay, something's going on. You know, they were keeping me informed. Mm -hmm. And I had to have a conversation with my husband. I said, I, I think she's really, really struggling. Mm. There's something else going on here. And I tell you, what it was is I felt like she didn't want to let us down when she was bringing home incompletes, bringing home missing assignments. Mm -hmm. You know, things were starting to go the wrong way. And it wasn't behavioral. None of it was. It was more academic. Okay. Um, everybody, great student, good behavior. Um, it was always academic. And it would be for silly stuff to me. Like, babe, why didn't you finish it? Papers would come home. There'd be five things on it. She did, she did two. And I would see doodling right on the side. So I knew. That's what I knew. And we yeah. had, we, I went ahead and talked to my pediatrician first. Because, again, I felt I had a good, good relationship with my pediatrician. Mm -hmm. And um, we ended up, after we went through all of this, she also has ADHD. Those relationships are so <laughs> key in being able to discover and uncover you know, um, the child's challenges early yeah. and that will be able to, mm -hmm. um, partner with yes. you yes. in yes. the journey. Yes. You need partners. You need advocates. I'm, I'm trying to tell you, I mean, it, this journey is not for a person who is not willing to engage. Mm. I'm telling you, if you, you somebody, it. <laughs> if you are a parent that likes to kind of sit back on it and just kind of 
this is not the journey for you. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you have to become your, if it's a child, as you know, third, fifth, third, fourth, fifth grade, you have to advocate. They're it's, not going to say anything. You're right. You're right. And that was something that um, I didn't have early on. Now, it was my child I started to see some things that weren't quite right I was probably more of that helicopter parent than you are so when she was as early as three years old and I was starting to work with her at home one is I started to compare her uh to my first child Mm -hmm. very different okay um but she wasn't learning at the capacity and the speed that my first child was so at first you know that was wrong on my part you know i shouldn't have did that whole comparison but we learned that but we do you know i think we kind of naturally do that but it's Mm -hmm. just important to be able to catch yourself in that moment um and then be able to change those behaviors or redirect that but um it was just really basic fundamental things that she should have been able to grasp hold of that she was not able to Then there were some behavioral issues as well that were being presented in school as young as three years old. Um, So I knew after about maybe a year or two that this is a trend, it's a pattern, there were certain things that were taking place just on a repetitive, you know, scale. And I figured, I said, okay, maybe something's wrong and I need to, you know, get some see to get her tested and at that time she was too young to really be tested right. for anything at right. three four years old um I was explaining it to her father um and my husband at the time and he didn't quite understand what learning disability and I hadn't mm-hmm. even labeled it just yet I just uh-huh. knew that there was something that oh, was Lord. preventing her yes. from being able mm-hmm. to make just progress yeah. you know um we were going from school to school as early as like two and three years old you know we I'm not gonna mention any names but there was one school we went to and they couldn't quite handle her you know because she was all over the place they couldn't sit her down then we went to another school and it was the same situation however with that school uh it was an um it was a uh escalated or elevated um academic uh program Uh so they were two years ahead of the grade girl worst decision I ever made and we were able to get her into this private school because we knew we had a relationship with the owner she's like bring her on in I don't even need to test her I just assume she's gonna be good she got in there and I mean it, it, it was a it was a battle it was a struggle and that's when she started hating to learn and I started yes, hating yes. to teach her. I mean, it was like an hour and a half of homework every night in pre-kindergarten. And she could not keep up. And they wanted to hold her back from kindergarten. And I said, I'll be darned if you're going to hold my child back from kindergarten. I'll make no sense. How about coming up with another solution? I said, y'all trained in this child development. So why can't y'all give me another way to teach her versus just hold her back? So I took her out of that school. I put her in another school. Look at you advocating. Early. Early. Had nobody, though, that was on my team and seen what I seen. So it was a battle just fighting other people because they thought, oh, you're being paranoid. You know, you're doing too much, Tanisha. Yes, you're putting too much. But I knew as a parent, as a mother, I knew something wasn't right, you know. And I'm like, I'd rather... Get it diagnosed early so that we can manage through it versus just, you know, waiting until she's older and going through all this unnecessary 
stress. Exactly. And that's kind of what we were in the fifth grade. It was mm-hmm. unnecessary stress because uh, for me, kind of like what you said with your your husband mm-hmm. or her father, um, my husband, I was a straight A student. My husband, on the other hand, was C. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was able to, you know, he was okay with that. And he mm-hmm. had to tell me one day, well, maybe that's not her. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, no, I believe in pushing your child so that they reach their greatness. Because if I just sit here and let her just flitter on, she she won't ever tap into, you know. And that was kind of how I was parenting. Mm-hmm. So I was doing a lot of stuff at home. I would put her in the Girl Scouts. You know, I'm trying to get her exposed to different experiences. Right. But I saw and I began to see that her uh, demeanor was changing. My happy, high-spirited, singing all the time, baby girl was like becoming this sad um, I don't know, like withdrawn. I've really? seen her relationships at school start changing, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, maybe some of the friends, because she stayed at that elementary school from pre- preschool all the way to eighth grade. So it was like, what's going on? Something's going on, you mm-hmm. know? And so we really, I told, I told my husband, I said, we've got to figure out, I think I know what's going on, but I just really want to get her diagnosed, get her seen by a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And, from there and okay. so after that happened of course she was in a private school so she didn't have um, I guess when you go public when you go through a public school you, you can get some resources that's what I heard. so when you do private you know you kind of have to work it out mm-hmm. so she was in the Catholic school system okay. and what they gave her we sat down after her diagnosis of ADHD we sat down and got her academic support plan that was specific to through the private school yes cool okay so she's kept that academic support plan all the way through high school because she stayed in the Catholic school system now how did you know first backing up when you said you took her to the child's or the psychologist Mm -hmm. who told you that you needed to take her to that because then that pediatrician okay remember when I I mentioned the pediatrician herself is has ADHD. Right. So it was her recommendation. Okay. When I was talking to her, and this has been the same pediatrician since she was born, yeah. and I was telling her what we were starting to observe, and I, you know, I had an inkling, but I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. Um, no other things going on. I kind of thought maybe she was, um, I won't say depressed, but I felt like something was going on. She was becoming withdrawn, mm-hmm. which is really what was happening. I think she, and if she tells you now, she'll tell you, she'll say that she felt like she was different. And she would observe things in class with her with her peers. Mm-hmm. They were on the same level, and all of a sudden, she's here, staying behind, yep, yep. and they're kind of advancing a little bit academically or even socially. Mm-hmm. You know, things were changing, okay. and so um, when I was sharing that with the pediatrician, she said, "I really think it was her recommendation. We just go ahead and get her, um, you know, diagnosed, okay, or assessed." It was yeah. assessed at the right, time. Right, right, right. But she and I had already thought maybe that's what it was. Okay. We had had those conversations before. Because she was the first one I went to. Yeah. And it's important to, you know, make a note of where do you go first? Because there's a lot of parents out here that are seeing these same symptoms Honestly, in their children. And they're like, I don't know where to start. Right. I started reading. Yeah. That was on my own, going online, subscribing to different organizations. There's, you know, there was chad.org here locally. Okay. Um, and then there's the ADHD national, there's a national organization. And it's for adults, it's for children, it's for parents. And I just started digging in. Chad, C-H-A-D as in dog. Mm-hmm. I think it's D-D. Mm-hmm. D-D. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
but I just, I started digging in. I wanted, I've always been the person that crave information. I don't feel comfortable unless I know everything that I can know about something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just started reading, started subscribing. Okay. I started watching videos of, of other, you know, kind of like what you're doing with this podcast, mm-hmm. but it would be like YouTube. And, you know, observing different things. Like even Children's Hospital has a lot of resources that yes. you can kind of look. You know, and so I started learning more about what I thought was going on with my right. child. Mm-hmm. And so after she got, not, you know, assessed and we got her diagnosis, I wasn't surprised at all, of course. Um, but, you know, then we had to dig into what do we do? Right, solutions. Mm-hmm. What are the solutions? Um, and at first, you know, and... I had talked to her pediatrician and you know she knew how I felt about medication so our journey began we just kind of I don't know the way to explain it but she wasn't put her on this it was more of a reciprocated conversation Mm -hmm. how do you feel about this we can start at the lowest dose I mean her journey we honestly I'm gonna be real honest with you we didn't start her medications till the sixth grade I will honestly tell you, in the last year, have have we found the perfect medication? In the last year. So, how old is your daughter now? She's 18. And you had her diagnosed and started her on medication At when? At the end of her fifth grade year. Really? So, starting sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, we've been going through different medications. Mm-hmm. It definitely is, and uh, you have to do a lot of adjusting. Um, so did you ever find yourself or her find a medication that seemingly worked, but then after some time, it stopped? She's been on the same medication. Let's see, we started this one right before the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. Um, for us and how we work, she doesn't take her meds in the summer. She only takes her meds when she's in school. Yep, that's what um, I'm doing. And it's interesting, even my family notes or takes notice of the fact that She's so much more engaged. Mm-hmm. She smiles more. She initiate conver- initiates conversation more. Mm-hmm. You know, she would usually sit in the corner, listen to music, um, be away from where everybody generally is. You know what I mean? Right. Um, now, you can't stop her from talking. Now, let me, I want to go back to, like, before she was diagnosed, uh-huh. when you were, even though you said that you, you kind of uh, figured what it was. But before they actually gave you the assessment and said, this is, boom, put that label mm-hmm, on that her. Label. What, tell me about some times, like, where you may feel like you may have made her feel that she was, if made her feel that she was different. Because you said that she started to kind of, um, you know, withdraw mm-hmm. from people and different things like that because she felt like she was different. And I know that had to come definitely from observing some, you know, having experiences at school. But I want to be, like I said, real talk. Yeah. yeah. What did that look like even at home as you was going through trying to figure this thing out? Absolutely. Um, so I think for us, it became, um, I'm the, I am the engaged parent. Like, I'm in it. I'm in everything. There's I'm always in. one that is and one that's not. <laughs> honey, honey. I'm like, can I be that person today? Oh, Praise God for the balance, though. <laughs> so, I mean, between I know all your assignments. I know, you know, I know everything, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of trying to stay over here out of the mix and kind of let her grow into or figure out how to do it on her own without mommy getting all in it you know I'm trying to push her into it 
So a lot of times I felt really bad because I was pressing her to do something that look in hindsight she was unable to do. Yeah. And so I would tell her to something that seems simple to me. Just do it. Yeah. I can remember hearing myself say, just do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm not understanding why you're not doing it. And I think that made her feel like um, either I wasn't supportive or I was disappointed in her. Or, or like, what's wrong with like, me? Yeah, that's what I, I, it dawned on me. Just do it, idiot. You know, just get in and dig in. I don't understand you. Yeah. And I can re- I can relate to that. And those are things that I feel so bad in hindsight. I know. Because I do find some real honest, some real truth in what my husband would tell me about, you know, the way you learn, the way she learns, and your expectations. And it became, I had to learn to meet her where she is. Yeah. And I had to stop. I realized that what I was doing was putting the pressures of society on her because I'm trying to raise a productive, happy adult, you know, but I'm watching her do these things that I felt like were going to keep her behind or stop her from being successful or, but then, you know, you start in this journey, you start realizing, well, what does success look like? That's what success is like to me. That may not be what success is for her. Yeah. Do you know, and I had to, I don't know, in your mind as a parent, you just want your child to be all that they can be, mm-hmm. you know, and be happy. Mm-hmm. But for some of us, that, that means a one specific path sometimes, you know, because of the way you're raised, maybe. Right. And know? then also the pressures of probably 90% of the external people that you deal with, including teachers in the school exactly. because of the traditional school system. It's, right. So uh-huh. that looks like success for a young child is to ju- we just want you to make it to the next grade. Okay. That's it. That is success Absolutely. for a young child. But unfortunately, <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, you're trying to just get the child to the next grade, Girl, say but at the same time, <laughs> can you just pass? I'm not, I'm not being I'm real, real honest with you. If you can, can you just pass? Right. I'm just being real, real with you. Yeah. At first, it was I, I really would like you to get an A or B. Can you just try to get an A or B? And then you started lowering the bar. Well, little I by just little. said I just told her because she wasn't a private school. I don't pay for D's and F's. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Because mm-hmm. we can come on out of private school for that. Do you know what I mean? I, I mean, feel like I'm just trying to be real. No, real. and that's what we need. Real some talk. real talk. So mm-hmm. I had to tell Ania as she got older, probably in middle school or so, I need, if you're not giving your best, whatever that is, not mommy's best, not daddy's best, mm-hmm. Ania's best. Yeah. If you yeah. can begin to be honest with yourself about what you're doing, then we good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Give me your best. But how many times did you have to say that to to even convince yourself that she was giving you her best? Because you didn't know. The The pressure that I put on Peyton at such a young age, I still deal with the residue of that now. And it's it's just been a few years, you know. But it's still ongoing because we're still like uncovering things and discovering things and it's still kind of early in the journey but I mean when she was in pre-k and I didn't really know what was going on because there wasn't a label put on it yet and even after the label was put on her I still didn't quite understand what was ADHD 
what was dyslexia you know but while we were I'm just working with her there was so many times I'm sitting at that table and I'm like read and the and then I say and the what is the word and she would literally just look at the word and she'd be like she would be so frustrated and I'm like what's wrong with you I said that so many what's wrong with you why can't you get this I've been there sweetie yeah and it's it's like I think when I hear myself when I remember those moments Mm -hmm. being on this side of where Nia is now I get really frustrated with me I really I feel like you know I put that pressure on her to do things that she really couldn't do. Right. She had no control. Not that she was being defiant. Not that she was just because mom, you know, trying to make me mad. You know, it was just literally her. her There's a part of her brain that doesn't function. It doesn't work that way. Right. And you know, the shift for me came at the end of eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And I realized I needed to pull out those good things. Mm-hmm. My daughter is not going to be a straight A student. You know what I mean? She's not. That's not her. But what she is is she's a creative individual. Right. She is artistic. She is now attending Ottervine this fall. She got money on an art scholarship. You know what I mean? So I just have to. I had to get to the point where Talia focused on. So I started buying her whatever watercolor pencils. She got the whole basement. Tore my basement up. She got art, all kinds of art stuff down there because that's what she likes to do. Because remember, I was telling you, she doodles. She would doodle. And when her, I mean, that doodling got to be really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? She's not academic. She's creative. So we tried to get her to CCAD. You know, tried to go that route. That didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Her ACTs were a little low. But, you know, I'm I'm not tripping because Otterine said, you know what? I'm putting her in a Bachelor of Fine Arts program. They wanted her. Mm-hmm. They can't believe that she didn't take the foundational courses to be where she is. Yeah. Skill-wise. And so you know, parents, um, we're talking about trying or forcing an alignment with uh, the traditional school system and the pressures that that can put on you for um, a child that's not traditional that is a creative and not necessarily um strong in um and and academics you know um and someone had even suggested to me possibly putting her in a montessori absolutely we put School? our son in montessori really okay two years at montessori all right i see some things going on with him with him as well okay so we're watching i'm watching yeah So there are other institutions out there that will still grow your child. Um, They don't have to go to a traditional public, private, you know, school. Um, If you see, you know, these challenges and after you have went through the necessary, you know, preliminary steps and assessing them and getting them diagnosed, know that that's not your only option. There are other institutions and schools out there that will help alleviate the unnecessary yeah. pressure yeah. of trying to fit them into a box and that's really what that is it is it's yeah. very important as a parent you become that advocate you find what's going to work best for your child and you get them in an environment with people who really care mm-hmm. about your child and honestly and i'm a believer i pray 
I pray all the time, mm-hmm. you know, to put those people in her life yes. that see the good things, the great things, and don't see her learning capabilities. Girl, you I need to pray for myself to be that I, person. Listen, okay. All, daily. <laughs> because, I mean, it's ain't been no light journey. She tries me all the time mm-hmm. to this day. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you have to dig in do the work this like i said before this is not an easy journey Mm -mm. and you gotta be constantly looking asking talking speaking up um i don't know you just gotta you gotta get in there and you gotta really really fight for your child right right because there's people out there that will really i'm not really trying to play this card but because of the way your child looks or so on and so forth they'll just let them sit there Mm -hmm. i've seen it Mm-hmm. I've watched it happen with other children in my family mm-hmm. because they learn differently. They'll spend more time with the children that can move on, mm-hmm. and you know they don't have to work that hard, right? Right, and just go on and fail your child. Mm-hmm. So you have to really get find out, ask questions, be that. Uh, yeah, I, be the micro parent. Uh, yeah, be the micro parent. That is, that's what we <laughs> listen. We we are partner in this. You teaching. Especially with my situation, I'm paying these these schools. I pay for her to go to Catholic school. Right. So I really want to. I want you guys to give me what I'm paying for. Yeah. yeah. And I never said it like that, but you know, I went on and became a, a PTO president, so I can be all up in all no, present, I, right? <laughs> it was very important. I needed them to understand. I believe in you guys. Yeah. So I'm here. I will help. I will do what I can. But I need you to do what you're supposed to do for my child. Right. Yeah. You got to be your your child's uh, biggest advocate. And you got to be very, very present. The resources are there. Yeah. I have friends that are going through the same situation. Mm -hmm. We talk all the time about their journeys and what they're going through. And so, but the resources are there. Right. But don't, you can't sit back. You just can't. Yeah, you got to stay on top of it. And then also understand the emotional mm. piece of it for a parent that's just going through those first few years of, of, of discovery and, and, and assessments and all that kind of stuff. It's important for parents to even find groups. Absolutely. People that are going through the same thing you're going through um, that you can lean on, that can understand. Because a parent can lose almost near lose their mind and their child a relationship with their child you know I mean I have a lot of regrets and I wish that I had resources or tapped into resources even just social um, groups that I could talk to like this and I could relate to and someone that could tell me you know um, don't beat yourself up so much you know um you got to have some outlets in place because this is a very all-consuming journey. Absolutely. You know, uh, it is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> it is not. It is not. It is not. And really, it's caused a lot of self-reflection for me. I've yeah. grown through this process. I've realized a lot of things about the way that I parent, Yeah. Um, about the woman that I am, and, you know, how I, you know, I was kind of sharing with you earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have some of those tendencies as well. I've been recently diagnosed with ADHD. So, and it is genetic. That is something is. I am reading about as well. So, it's a journey. Like you said, I'm taking this thing probably to the to the grave, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, I appreciate being part of the podcast. And, you know, any way that I can continue this dialogue, I'm in. Yes. 
Yes, indeed. So we definitely will continue this. I really wanted to focus in more on, um, you know, just the struggles of trying to find out, identify what the actual challenges, you know, that these kids um, are facing. Uh, And then definitely, you know, we will have some future podcasts that will speak more into some of the remedies, you know, medicinal, all kinds of things. And you had even touched on that. that, I mean, because that's how I was when she was diagnosed with ADHD. You know, immediately um, the child psychologist gave me a list of everything that we could do. Medication being at number one. And I'm like... I ain't going to do that medication because I've seen what that medication does to kids. Yes. My child's personality is huge. It is in your face. (laughs) And although there are some times where I'll be like, bring it down just a little bit. That's the one awesome thing that I love about my baby is her personality. And I did not want that suppressed or taken away because of medication. Mm -hmm. But there are so many other other resources and um, remedies that you can take advantage of, um, and that's something that I definitely kind of you know want to say for future future podcasts. But you know, I just really wanted to hone in on exactly you know how did you discover you know what those symptoms were? Um, yes, the in- not completing work, can't sit down. <laughs> I mean, like we got to the point where it was cues and like after she was diagnosed so like I said she got academic support from him so the teachers would cue her she would have they and at one point it became Ania said too many too much attention was being given, was being given to her capability her disability mm-hmm. like other students would notice because she could take um, she got short they could take a long she would take her uh, test in another room and if it was a long test, she could do the first part and take a break and do the second part. And that probably made her feel more it different. Did. It did. Right? <laughs> if, if we talk about it today. It yeah. Does. It does. Because she doesn't, she's not in with all the other students. Mm-hmm. Or she feels like, and this is me, and I, I, I will notice about my child. She knew that she had these accommodations. And as she became a teenager, she tar- started taking advantage of them. Okay. For instance, um, she knew that um, she could turn in her assignments late, so she wouldn't do them. Right, well, so, no smart honey, kids will use it as a crutch. Smart. Use yes, it as a crutch. Okay. She's she real smart. And so you got to really... Uh, then that's another piece to it. Trying to understand where the line is drawn between your incapabilities or what you don't have control over and what you do have control you can tell over. You ask, if you ask her, I would tell her, the thing I've always told her, what do you have control over? Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's what we start. Whenever we have that part in our journey where we're button heads or something's happened and we're talking it through, I ask her, what do you have control over? Let's start there. Because mm-hmm. with my daughter, it's always a blame game. Hmm. Well, the teacher this. Or she said Yeah, this, okay. Or da-da-da. She was mean. Or she, you know, it's always something. Right. It's, but I always Take to, ownership of your take own. Take ownership. Did you? I have to ask her. What did you What did you do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, she's a teacher. She's grown. So, but what did you do? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, uh, that's how it starts. I'm like, okay, we're getting into the nitty-gritty now. Because mm-hmm. see, Ania knows I don't play. I don't. I don't get let her use it as a crutch. Yeah, I really don't. It's one thing to have a support plan in place so that you can do what you need to do to succeed. 
Mm-hmm. It's a whole nother ball game when you're trying to play. See, and this is Seriously. one reason why when she was dis- when she was uh, diagnosed with di- dyslexia, mm-hmm. I did not tell her ADHD. We did, mm-hmm. and it was the the plan was not to tell her she had ADHD because mm-hmm. we didn't want her to feel any more different um, yeah. or just yeah something yeah just something like a creature or so something. Or I got a I got a disease or so something. We didn't. So we, didn't. we just told her. You learn differently. Yeah. You you learn, but you learn differently. We made the mistake of telling her she had ADHD, and then she started making the mistake of trying to flip it on us. And and probably about a year into it, I mean, at like, yeah, third grade, at the beginning of third grade, we were, you know, going through some things, and she says, well, mom, you know, I can't do that because I have ADHD. I've heard that. Yes. At that moment, I said, no, no, we can't use this no more as a crutch. It's just a small, you just not, yeah, you learn differently. Let me explain it, okay? But what you're not gonna do is use this to do the things, to not do the things that you can do, okay? Exactly. <laughs> and that's why we didn't even tell her the second time around, or you know, with, with the dyslexia, mm-hmm. I was like, nope, I'm not bringing it up. I won't talk about it at all with her in earshot of me. Mm-hmm. I don't want her to know that there is another. Layers, layers. Mm-hmm. yes. I and listen, I understand because mm-hmm. it, it, it becomes something totally different. Mm-hmm. And it honestly, and it's just, just real talk. It becomes more work for you. You know, it's I, I see, I understand that decision. Girl, they be playing the mind games on you, and they, oh, yeah, oh they, they, they got some mental things going on, but they be playing it on you. It doesn't get better as she gets older. Either. I know I because know. It's the, and we hit on it. They're very intelligent. So then, that's where prayer that's comes prayer. in. Yeah, I mean, the faith, you know, the faith with the works mm-hmm. is what's going to get you where you need to get to. You can believe and, ha- you know, and pray, right. but you got to put that work behind yeah, it. Yeah. That means accessing, edu- educating yourself, informing, you know, connecting with those people that are going, you know, through the same thing and con- contacting professionals, you know, psychologists, being able to create a group of people that will be able to help you in this journey, you and your child. Because you, you know? don't want to feel alone. You don't want to feel like this is just you because the truth mm-hmm. of the matter is, it's not. No. When I found out how many children there are so many children were dealing with the same diagnosis, it's like, well, this is how we... This right. Is how, it's not unusual. But it then, did you ever have that point, though, when you started to see how many kids... I mean, because there's some, there's still some um, disorders that I'm hearing about, like new disorders that I'd be kind of like on the borderline, like, okay, they just bad, or <laughs> did y'all just slap that that little diagnosis on them? You know, I, I, I'm not gonna even go into that part, you know, the depth of, of that. But there's so many diagnoses out there here are. There are. that. Um, you know, answer to it makes just question. the behavioral, you know, yeah. challenges of a child. Listen, you know, when we were growing up. I, this was this what I'm seeing. I know people. I, yeah, a lot of the behaviors that we have labels for now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know somebody that I grew up that for was sure doing the same thing for sure. You know what I mean? So yeah. it just becomes a thing where oh, we'll just put in the, oh, we got a name for this because you know a lot of kids are exhibiting the same behaviors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have an issue when we're when we start start talking about medications and things like that. So it just 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. For us, we did the diet change, we did exercise, we did yoga. You know, I'm just trying to do all these other things mm-hmm. to help her focus. Help There's her even a organize. children's uh, medical marijuana group out there. <laughs> I looked into I it because I didn't. I'd rather have done the medical marijuana for Absolutely. Peyton versus the um, medication. So. I agree totally. Yeah, I, I, I believe that it is a herbal mm-hmm. uh, solution mm-hmm. to this. But as we live in a world of big pharma. So you, you're, it's going to be a battle to get these companies to not say this is the drug that you need to put in your child. Yeah. So again, mm-hmm. you have to become that advocate. Right. We did a lot of diet change. That's mm-hmm. what we did. Mm-hmm. And I think that really helped. Did you ever give your child coffee? I did drink, has drank coffee since she was... Okay, because I about a year ago, one of my colleagues, she was a nurse that had children with ADHD, and she we were just talking about it, and she says, um, do, do you, "Does your child drink coffee?" No, I'm not feeding my child no coffee. That's a freaking stimulant. How dare I give my, my child that's already bouncing off it's the walls something else? And she tells me, yes, she tells me that because of the way her brain is designed differently. The coffee, which would usually act as a stimulant for those that just kind of are averagely put together yes, in yes, the brain, okay, yes. it works differently for a child with that her her brain structure. So, personal testimony: I started drinking coffee with my grandmother when I was about nine or ten years old. Oh, shame on her! And I have been <laughs> an avid coffee drinker. Uh huh. I drink. I, I backed off. To, I, I probably drink like one in the morning and one in the afternoon. Yeah. Even now. And I've always loved coffee. But what I'm realizing is because of what it helps me get done and how it helps me focus. Yeah. And how, the, how it gets me through that morning into the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And as I'm reading about ADHD, it's all in there. Right. There's studies about it. Yeah. So I didn't have any. Nia would hear it, smell it. And she liked the way it smelled because mm-hmm. I've always drink it. So... And, you know, in my mind, I know in other countries, kids drink coffee. So, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, have some. Never just, knew, never she thought. loves it. Yeah. She's always loved it. Yeah. And we battle because she puts too much creamer in it. And we we have to buy lots of creamer in our house. But, <laughs> but what I found is that I can give Peyton, so like you said, in the summertime, I have her off her yeah, meds. Um, but I do give her coffee from time to time. And it does level her out a little bit brings her down a little bit you know um and but that's you know another option aside from you know uh medication or or what have you i mean there's so many different remedies but you just have to find the right one for your child i think another thing you have to find is what is your child what do they like to do like this is something they're really really interested in Mm -hmm. like i said with a neo and drawing an artist and being an artist yeah Find that thing, you mm-hmm. know, kind of observe your child, figure out what it is they're really passionate about. Yeah. And hone into that, whether it's music, because Aeneas played piano, you know, whatever it is, singing, Aeneas always been a singer. So, hone more I wonder into that. what the percentage of children that have ADHD are more creatives, because... You think I'm gonna have to find that out? I'm gonna have to find that out, folks. Just figure that one out because my child is much a very much of a creative. If you look at in her bedroom, she's got easels, she got paints, she's getting into painting. You know, Um, that's how she expresses herself. And a girlfriend of mine was talking to her the other day about some 
you know, recent things um, that I'll actually get to again in, you know, a future podcast. But um, she was telling me about journaling. And I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, have your child journal to get through, you know, this challenge and some, you know, some other challenges in her life. And I would always kind of shut it down because I know how difficult it is for my child to put a sentence together. So my girlfriend tells me the other day, oh, so powerful. All she said, she said, Tanisha, her journaling ain't got to look like everybody else's journaling. It may just be pictures. Exactly. It may just be exactly. like just th- just just drawing, but that's how up. what's that's what's on up. her, mm-hmm. you know. And I said, "Oh my God, I feel so bad," you know. I just sat those, here. It's one of those aha parent moments because we're pressing our expectation, we're pressing our thoughts and you right. know, what we're trying to mold this young person into. I've been there, and it's so funny. Was I have now? I'm on my 18th journal. Journal. I've been journaling since I was a child. Mm-hmm. And that, and hearing you say that, I, I read somewhere since I've been an adult that is one of the one of the mechanisms for personal ADHD. Right. I have ADHD. Wow. And sometimes I read them. Go back to when I started. You know, because it's like a brain dump. I like I said, I have fifteen tabs open in my head. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just need to dump it all out. Yeah. I dump it all out. Yeah. And that's what you do. Your so, child yeah. is just learns differently. Different. That's it. Differently. They That's special, it. for real. They are special. They different. <laughs> I, like I told you, but you mine. So you're not going to find anybody on this earth mm-hmm. that's going to have your back the way I do. That's yeah. going to love you the way that I do. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Daddy too. I gave birth to you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I tell her all the time, I am the one who wants to see you do big, great things. Right. I love you. So yeah, yeah. even when you make me mad or we're in disagreement, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're still my child. Right. So And know parents that um it does take a lot of work. I mean, we we've said this and I will continue it, it takes a lot of work, but know that you were given that child That's right. for a reason. That's your assignment. And God put it in you to make sure that that child succeeds. And you can do it. Or God right. wouldn't have gave you that child. Listen, and let go of what you think it should be. Right. Like, that is, that's like, that was one of the main things I had to get to. Because you want, you have a vision. You yeah. have a, you know, you want your child to. I thought I learned that my first child now. <laughs> I was, you know, I mean, he definitely wasn't in a box. He was an artist as well, you know, and he's a songwriter, excellent songwriter. But, you know, uh, I, I thought he was supposed to be a football player. I thought mm-hmm. he was supposed to be an athlete or something because I had put him into this box. And I thought after he started, you know, growing up, moved out, you know, he's living in Nashville, Tennessee now, doing his thing. I said, oh, he taught me not to put my children in a box. So when Peyton was born, I was like, got this. Okay, nope, I ain't going to repeat this. But guess what? Peyton presented a whole nother set of something different, okay? Keep you on your toes. Relearned all yeah. over again. Okay. Keep you on your toes. That's right. No, I feel that all the way. That's why I just with my second child, he's he'll, he'll be nine years next year. I just I'm very much into tapping into what makes him happy or what he's passionate about. I don't try to put too much on academics anymore. Um, and I'm finding now that he's going into third grade, he's ahead. Mm. So it's interesting in my journey watching him do much better mm-hmm. at this level academically yeah. where I have not done I haven't done what I have not all in it like I was before mm-hmm. like making sure you did this making sure you did, we read every night yeah um, 
he's very much into the sun and the stars and you know he likes to talk oh, about he's an astrologer yeah and okay. so I just tap into what his interests are yeah yeah you know and then I'll get a book about it mm-hmm. you know what I mean and so that when we're reading we're reading about what he wants to read about I'll let him pick mm-hmm. so I try to keep him more engaged that way that's yeah. not the way I did it with Ania and it was always about you know what was supposed to be done at school and where are you at on this? Now, I know, I know. You know, this last year in the pandemic, yeah. you know, with the remote learning, and we were home all year with, with Brandon, and so I'm sitting there like, uh, you hear your teacher talking to you? I'm telling you, he was not paying attention. Mm-hmm. I'm over here doing work, and I'm like, okay, he's he not on there. But, you know, the parent and me, I'm testing the teacher, like, you know, and she said, yeah, I know. You know, she would just be like, yeah, I see. Right. You know, but she was so engaging. I mm-hmm. so appreciate her. He, like I said, he ended up accepting. It was interesting. And yeah. I, I'm looking forward to just doing it a little different this time. I know. I'm not pressing. I'm, yeah. I'm really not. And I don't know if it's just Boy, how our child. children just teach huh. us. Huh. Okay. I don't know if it's that second child where you kind of be like, okay, take a step back. I'm, yeah. I'm getting older. And I don't really have all that I had before. <laughs> so we're going to take it a little easier with this one. <laughs> it's by default. No, like. <laughs> we're going to see how this goes. But yeah. You're like, I'm tapped out by the first one. I, that listen, going in okay. <laughs> listen, I just told you. You're going to have it a little easier, little Girl one. Scout leader. Yeah, I'm sitting all the way back this time. No, seriously, though. No, no, I'm, just, I'm no. focusing on something different this time. I just want him. To just be happy. Whatever it is that God has planned for him, I have to trust and believe that's that's the path he's gonna take. Amen. You know, I just right, I'm right, right. keep him respectful. I want him to be kind. Yes. I want him to be considerate. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want him to stand up for himself. Yes. Speak up. That's all I ask. Mm-hmm. And I'm leaving it there. Yeah. Be vocal and believe in yourself. That's right. Know that's that right. you can be anything you want to be. And it ain't got to be what I think you should be. That's it. Or what society says you should be. You know, stay open, stay open, parents. Evolve every day that's given to you. You've never arrived, okay, until the day you die. It's okay, it is really okay that you don't have it all together. How about that? Right, definitely is. What, what's not? What's not okay is to think you do and you don't. That is not okay. Mm-mm. Okay, people, this wraps up our time for this episode. Um, However, no, I will not leave you hanging. We do have plenty that will be coming at a much more frequent schedule um, now. Um, We will have continual episodes that will highlight each steps of our individual journeys. Please share with others this podcast and you can listen on and on wherever you access your podcast. Stay tuned for more to come. This is Tanisha Tyus with Families with Learning Capabilities and Talia Horton. Again, we thank you. Thank you, love. See you next time. All right.